Welcome, everyone, to Aging with Energy, the old guy's travel show. I'm humble. Here's Fred. And uh, what we thought we would do is just kind of share our experiences as uh, gentlemen of a certain age that have had a chance to travel over the last few years. Uh, This episode is brought to you by our good friends, the Retirement Sherpa, Tim.Niblet or RaymondJames.ca, and the Chambers Plan. Check out this uh, amazing uh, offering for uh, small businesses, ChamberPlan.ca. Well, we often make references on the regular Humble and Fred show that we're getting older, and, you know, there's things on our bucket list and things we want to do, places we want to go, and... No, we have a pretty good list, so we thought we would share with the audience um, those experiences and things, some things they might want to do. You know, it's funny you say that about our age, and, and that's what's, uh, when we're coming up with the title. Is it? It's not just about the travel that we've been able to take, but it's the idea that as you age, you know, there's a lot of things, as you say, you know, people have bucket lists or whatever. It's being healthy enough. And to be strong enough to do these things, and that's why, you know, we talked about this recently on the, on the big broadcast about how, you know, you only have a limited number of years that you can be active. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was telling somebody about your travels recently. I said, you know, the Fred Man has quietly been around the world uh, in all kinds of different countries and you know i have to a lesser degree and we thought hey we would share this with the audience maybe you've got some ideas or maybe we'll give you some ideas about places you might like to travel so let's kick it off with uh and this is a i I remember the the story of your adventure to england but just give me a little context like what was your sort of flights and and then what you visited and what some people might want to visit on uh if they go to this uh, same place you've been to well, again, I always wanted to go to Ireland, always really wanted to go to Scotland. And I had been to England before, and I like England, London in particular, but driving through the countryside as well. But the last time that I went, you talk about bucket lists, is I always wanted to go to Liverpool and do the Beatles stuff. And, you know, in another show we'll talk about going to Dallas, because I always wanted to do the John F. Kennedy stuff. But I always wanted to do the Beatles stuff. So I made sure part of this trip was that. And was this a trip you went to visit uh, your wife's family? Uh, my my buddy and Delisa's cousin daughter um, that but- we ended up in London. But um, from Toronto, we flew to Dublin and... Uh, that was cool in itself. Stayed in a little town called Carlingford, which was right in between Dublin and Belfast. And that was an experience in itself because it was like this little town in a little fjord. And we were lucky enough to be lent a house for a week. So that was a very cool experience. Yeah, I'd say. And it was, but it was from there. It was from Dublin that we flew to Liverpool. Because I remember talking to you. Did you, on any part of this trip, because we had, we, and we'll talk about this on one of my adventures, about taking the, how, how the rail system in Europe is so much different than it is here. On one of these, maybe it was a different adventure you were on. You were on a, weren't you on a train at some point? No, we weren't on a train. We actually rented cars because we wanted to just have that mobility. But like when we were in um, Ireland, we wanted to go down to, uh, or up to Belfast and then another place called Giant's Causeway, again, for another show, because you know how I love geography, but mm-hmm. Giant's Causeway in the north part of Ireland. 
but we had cars. I mean, the one travel adventure we had is when we went from Dublin to Liverpool to see all the Beatles stuff. We flew on Ryanair. Oh, that's right. You, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. It's like a yellow a school bus with wings. <laughs> that's right. And for a short flight, okay. But honestly, it was a bunch of college students with knapsacks and just sort of hanging out on this. And the seats were uncomfortable, but it was an experience. You know, it's funny. This uh, I didn't talk about this on the other show, but I just read something this week about Ryanair and how it has taken off. In fact, the mo- one of the most profitable airlines that yeah. you can fly in Europe. But as you say, it's no frills. Do you even get assigned seats or you just run on and just, just start just stepping over people to get a chair? You know, I think that was the situation, but also a travel tip with Ryanair. It's very economical, but you have to follow to a T their check-in um, requirements or rules because if you don't, cheap can become expensive when we got nailed that way we didn't do early check-in early enough so i think they added like 100 pounds to our 40 minute flight uh, but that's like anything with travel right you just got to be aware at all times but uh, it did the job it got us from point eight to point so do you actually eight, land did you land in uh, liverpool yeah mm-hmm that's cool. Okay, well, let's talk about that because I remember vaguely uh, hearing about your Beatles adventure, and uh, but it's one of those things that you know a lot of people talk about doing. I would love to do it if you could sort of fit Liverpool in. But so what? So where's there? Did you go to Liverpool specifically for the Beatles? Absolutely. All right. Well, tell me about it. Again, in one of those situations where you're planning a trip and you think, what are the things I want to do? I may never get back. And it was like, that's something I've always wanted to do. And the people with us uh, agreed. So, I mean, took the flight from uh, Dublin to Liverpool. And the minute you land in Liverpool and get off the plane, you sort of get the vibe because obviously it's Liverpool. There's all sorts of Beatles references, right? <laughs> right? So, you know, you just feel the vibe you do. And then, like, I think we got there in the afternoon. Next morning, we went right over to the Beatles uh, Museum, which is fascinating. Because when something means so much to you, like the Beatles, and then you're in those museums and you're seeing Paul's guitar and Paul's little bass amplifier and, you know, stuff written on um, napkins, like lyrics, and it's almost like an out-of-body experience because it's like... You're never going to be in the same room as a Beatle, but now you're in the same room as Beatle stuff that yeah. they've touched. And this place, like over a thousand items with all that kind of stuff and, you know, interactive stuff with interviews. It was fantastic. It just really was fantastic. You know, I, I was just recently in one of the most famous museums in the world, the Louvre Louvre. That's my ex-wife calls it the Louvre in France. And I got to be honest with you, outside of the, you know, um, the Venus de Milo and the, uh, what's her face? Mona Lisa. Yeah. Outside of that, I, I really honestly, after about an hour, I was done. But I, but I think something like the mm-hmm. Beatles Museum, you could just spend all day in there. Well, I've told you the Rock and Roll Museum in Cleveland, which I don't think you've been to. Oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum? A rock and, yeah, what yeah. did I say? Yeah, you just rock said Rock and Roll, and roll Hall of yeah. Fame. A Hall of Fame in uh, in Cleveland, the same way you walk in there, and then all of a sudden, three hours have gone by. Yeah. Because it just means so much to you. 100%. There's people that feel that way about the Hockey Hall of Fame, you know? Um, 
And then it was just cool, again, being there and going in the pubs after the museum. And you know what pubs are like in England. It's not like nothing we have here. And it was just a great experience. And then the next day we get up and we thought, we're going to take a tour. And listen, I'm big on the bus tours. Yeah, me too. You got to get on a bus and there's always somebody on the bus that you wish wasn't on the bus. <laughs> no, it's, it, you know, it's, we took the magical mystery tour, they called it. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but it was fantastic. But it's a great way to experience a lot, a lot of the, you know, the touch points throughout Liverpool. And, um, and it was, it was something, you know, they take you by all their childhood homes uh, the schools where they first met, the church they played in. And then there's a segment where you actually get off at Penny Lane. Oh, there we go. See, there's the cue. Mm-hmm. Can you hear that? Yeah. Good. You know, by the way, that... And Howard, hmm? go ahead. I was going to say, like, as you've reckoned, I've done it a couple times. I did it for the first time, a hop on, hop off in San Francisco with my youngest. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. But you've, we've, we talked about this on the, the Humble and Fred show a few times about it, it really is a, a great way to see an area. And, uh, you know, again, I wouldn't have thought I, I would have enjoyed it, but I really do. Because you can, do you understand, you can hop on. And if you want, you can get off and get back on again. Absolutely. And it's, you usually get, uh, you know, either live or recorded um, yes. um, tour guide. It's fantastic. But, you know, again, those feelings you get, you know, the reference in Penny Lane to the roundabout. Well, they actually take the bus around the, the roundabout. Wow. And they're explaining to you at time. They point to the barbershop. It's still there. They point to the, to, to the bank, the fire hall, all the references. And it's just so... It sends shivers up your spine because you think Paul McCartney, John Lennon, whatever, they're there. This was their experience. Apparently, it was Paul. He had to be there every day going to school or something. And there you are in the middle of that. It's uh, it really is. It's the craziest. It's the craziest feeling. (laughs) Well, I know I would like it. And as I said, you know, I I, I've been in some of the most famous, you know, uh, in, you know, in Italy and in France. And honestly, after even in New York at some of the famous museums I was dragged into, I, uh, I you know, I've, it's interesting for about an hour, but I, I could spend all day looking at Beatles stuff. I could spend all day at the uh, obviously the Golf Hall of Fame in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that, that, that idea of, of, of getting some information like I, we did the same thing. I got the headphones on and the hop on. I want to just wanted to get an idea of what's going on. And it really does give you a sense of the city, especially if you're a Beatles fan. But I'll tell you, there's nothing like standing. You get off the bus and stand in front of their homes, like Paul's home where John would come over, you know, when they put together their first few songs, like you said, and listen for anyone who's planning this trip, plan if you want to go in paul's house (laughs) you have to book it long in advance Mm -hmm. and i just didn't know so i didn't have that opportunity but honestly standing in front of it um the feeling i i may have fainted if i'd have walked (laughs) honestly it's just it's just something i didn't want to leave i just wanted to look at it and you're imagining you know him walking in there john being there and it was something else, and then you and then you get off in front of John's house where he grew up with his aunt, not far from where his mother was killed, and all the same, all those same feelings, you know, like uh, 
like that's his house. He was there, and they're all national designations now. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Like, no one's still, no one's living in McCartney's house. No, no, and I don't think there's anyone living in Lennon's house anymore. But it's interesting because the neighbors attached are still living there. So seriously, what, what kind of issues that creates for, from them? I don't know. And then we get off to, and even George lived in this little tiny row house. Like, just so unassuming. Like, something you would see in Toronto and think a poor person lives there. Um, isn't that awful to make that reference? But it's true. I mean, it's the first image you get. And apparently, up until his death, every so often, George would just go and sit on a park, uh, on a park bench in front of the house that he grew up in just because he wanted to take in the vibe of that was his childhood. Yeah. And a couple of people said, um, you know, the shore guide said that a couple of times they had done tours and George had actually been there. And same with Ringo's house. But anyway, overall, the entire experience, if you're a Beatles fan and you happen to be in that area, something I I highly recommend. Now, did you, uh, before we wrap up this episode, did you stay in Liverpool or did you yes. continue? You did. You stay. That's right. Because you stayed overnight for a couple of days. Two, two nights um, in Liverpool. And not yeah. that we want to get into on uh, our little, you know, on the old guys travel show. Mm-hmm. A.W.E. Um, not to get into price too much, but, you know, I, I would imagine you did. I don't use. Did you do Airbnb or did you do a hotel in Liverpool? Did Airbnb with another couple close to us. And, you know, that's a good way to travel when you can. Cut the costs in half. You know, you get like a two-bedroom Airbnb. And I think on average, we're, you're talking like 250 pounds a night. That's pretty good. Yeah, the museums, again, aren't cheap. The Magical Mystery Tour, I think, you know, for Delise and I and Canadian may have been 120 bucks. Reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Restaurants, pubs, sort of expensive. But when you're traveling, you expect that. You know, that's uh, maybe a topic for another time about, you know, staying in an Airbnb versus staying in a hotel, which I've basically almost exclusively done outside of a couple trips to New York over the last since 2016. I went to Iceland with Charlie, my uh, eldest, uh, and I've only ever stayed in Airbnbs. And I got to say that even if they're the same price as hotels, I think you get more out of where you're going by staying in a neighborhood. Oh, absolutely. By living in that town, even for a couple of days, you get a different feel. As you say, you're, you know, you're not mm-hmm. kind of stuck in a, even if the hotel is a boutique hotel, it's not the same as living in somebody's place. You know? Oh, no, it's fantastic. That's what I said with the, the Ireland part of that trip, which we'll talk about again in another episode, was this nice little house in Carlingford, Ireland. And the neighbors were permanent residents and the pub down the street was full of locals. It wasn't a tourist town. Just a fantastic experience. Uh, this has been uh, an episode of Aging with Energy, the old guy's travel show brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa and the Chambers Plan. 